Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A very pleasant, snowy, beautiful Thursday noon lunch hour to you. Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast. We are presented, as always, by the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. You know it. You love it. You want to download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Big show today, Pro Football Focus, Brad Spielberger, coming up at 1220 as we'll look into free agency, huge news yesterday. But uh, the big news today, I got to be honest, is that I get to hang out with the original Bears brothers, Nicholas Moriano and Will DeWitt. <laughs> I, look at look at look at the two. Look at the Chicago Audible. Look at look at our our, our guys that they, they've known each other for how long now? When when did you guys officially become friends? I've never. I don't think I've ever been in this position before. So I'm feeling a little. I'm, I'm feeling a little lovey dovey after Valentine's Day, if you will. Seven years, Mark. Seven years. Oh, that, that, the hat, the throwback. Seven years, baby. That is so. That is that. That's a beautiful thing. I was watching a, a video today of of my guy Nick Wright, who grew up rooting for the Chiefs, and he's hugging Patrick Mahomes, and he's hugging Travis Kelsey, and it's like career gone well, and that he's just hanging out in Kansas City, and look at the two of you at the same time. So, any rate, all right, big news. Coming up here with the Bears and Arlington Heights. I'm not going to go completely down the road that I've been going down every single day because I'm just sort of getting resigned to it. Uh, I know that Will has something that he's about to spring on us here that perhaps perhaps celebrates what's going on. But, uh, you know, we talked about Justin Fields yesterday, some on the show, and there it is. There it is. The, the If you're watching on YouTube, somehow Will just transported himself to Arlington Park, which is now going to be whatever it's going to be down the line, if they get the money. We'll talk about that in a bit here. But uh, Justin Fields, we talked about his appearance on uh, on part of my take yesterday, uh, but it is sort of getting more underlined today that the dude doesn't love playing outside in the cold, not so much because of the cold, because of the wind. And, uh, yeah, he wants that dome, be it in Arlington Heights or be it uh, at Soldier Field, which I am still have my – hopes that it will be at soldier field but uh nick you got a reaction to uh to justin wanting to have a a, a climate controlled beautiful stadium to throw the football through and will will he actually be here at the point that this ever gets done yeah margaret said we were messaging in our slack channel like after he wins the super bowl right next year he's gonna have plenty of time to you know be uh playing in in a dome when the bears get that but right i mean wouldn't he want that? Wouldn't you want to see your players maximize the best of their abilities? Like anybody who's played any sport outside in the cold, you just move a little bit slower. Every hit hurts a little bit more. And this is a guy that can outrun anybody on the football field. And for him who grew up in Georgia, who was playing 
you know, in ideal weather, I think that's fine. No, he doesn't like, I know like that's going to get a mixed reaction from a lot of people, especially in Chicago. Oh, you can't face the elements. He can, he just would prefer to play in a regulated indoor stadium. So you could see Justin Fields run all over or pass all over anybody that he faces. I don't have an issue with it. I know that maybe it rubbed people the wrong way, but I'm cool with it. I'm fine with it too. Uh, just I just keep remembering the game that we went to, Nick, and it was just. And I know you went to one a week later that was even colder, uh, and I couldn't imagine sitting through that. I think I have, but the older I get, maybe it's turning thirty. Uh, but I just don't want to sit in the cold anymore. And I figure if Justin is your guy, you're building the franchise around him. He wants a dome. By golly, you go build him a dome. But he better return the favor and bring Super Bowl championships to decorate that stadium with. Uh, but on top of that, too, it allows the Bears to host Super Bowls. There's a lot of other great benefits of doing so. So I'm not going to poo-poo on a dome here on this episode by any means. I- I'm for it. Uh, there was a stage in my life where I would have been a hard no, but I think I'm coming around to it. I, I love you saying that as you get older, Will, and then you throw in the 30, as, uh, <laughs> as those of us who are a little bit more than... 30 uh significantly more than 30 but you know looking good here with the high and tight what do you guys think of the uh the, the look here i think oh, it's uh, you know it, i think fresh. it definitely i think it takes at least five years off of my uh actual existence if you will all right can we put up the bear statement lawrence on what they said about this because i i want to i want to nitpick this if i can because you know there it, it it's not done yet so here it is last fall we released an open letter confirming the team had reached an agreement uh, for the purpose of acquiring 326 acres of property in Arlington Heights to secure the potential of beginning a new and exciting chapter for the Bears, our fans. And here's where I immediately get keyed in. The Chicago land community and the state of Illinois. So I asked uh, George McCaskey, at when they announced Kevin Warren about leaving Chicago. And he was like, what, what do you have to tell the people who want to play in Chicago? And he, I forget his exact answer, but it was like that we're looking, we're not looking to go in, that we'll be here for the next 103 years or whatever it was. He act, they are trying to act like it's, we're still in Chicago land versus Chicago. They're, they're, they're trying to massage this as best as they can. Um, And they continue on. This week, we took another step toward realizing that vision by closing on the Arlington Park property, finalizing the purchase. Here we go. Does not guarantee the land will be developed, but it is an important next step in our ongoing evaluation of the opportunity. There is still a tremendous, tremendous amount of due diligence work to be done to determine if constructing an enclosed state-of-the-art stadium and multi-purpose entertainment district is feasible. Part one of the Bears' statement on Twitter. Part two reads, should we proceed? They keep on putting this out there. Should we? Reminder, if we don't, we, we can all feel it, right? If we don't get the money, we ain't doing this. The development of the Arlington Heights property would be one of the largest mega project in Midwest history. Here comes the sales pitch. Possible, possible construction of a stadium anchor development is projected by analysts to create more than 48,000 jobs. That's why you should pay us and generate $9.4 billion in economic impact, again, for the Chicagoland economy. 
and provide $3.9 billion in new labor income to workers across the region. These numbers, of course, never make any sense. You don't know how they come up with them. You have to, I guess, somewhat trust them. But this is the sales pitch. The completed mega project would create more than 9,750 long-term jobs, generate $1.4 billion in annual economic impact for Chicagoland and provide $601 million in annual labor income to workers across Chicagoland. Like, the, how, how, Anybody have any idea how they come up with that? Are, are, are wages staying flat and they know that that's exactly what it's going to come out to? It just, you know, I, I think we got to pay a little bit of attention to the wording here. The Village of Arlington Heights has hired its own expert con, uh, consultant to review the economic projections. There you go. And we look forward to discussing the substantial benefits this project will provide. All right, I don't need to go any further. You guys can read the you rest sure? of the state. Well, I, I, I've read it like seven times because I find it to be interesting. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm exhausting everybody. But there, it's a sales pitch, right? I'm not, I'm not missing anything, am I, Will? I think you're right that they're using it and trying to leverage what those positive impacts can be in hopes of securing funds. But I also believe it was just a statement allowing us to know that they've reached that next step in, in this process. And I think that is important to note for them. Uh, and then just kind of getting it out there. I mean, it got me excited as a fan. I think there are multiple reasons to come out with a statement like that. But one of them, as you said, is to potentially secure funds or get people interested in kind of supporting a project like this. Uh, it's going to be expensive, by no doubt. But the impact at least does seem promising if it, if the numbers actually you know pan out yeah and real quickly you guys another important part in that that letter and the bears have stated this before is that the bears will not seek taxpayer funds locally or otherwise for the structure so building the actual stadium but the the other part of this and this is where those funds you guys have been talking about it's also stated that the bears do go forward with this project a public private partnership addressing predictable taxes and necessary infrastructure funding for public uses is essential and that makes sense because when you think about what they're trying to create it's not just the stadium itself but everything around it that people yep. the communities the people that are going to come travel to see this glorious just project that the bears are building they're going to be able to use that 365 days a year as opposed to a stadium it's obviously the games and certain events that are taking place there on specific dates but the, everything around it will be open for the public to use. So you do need some help with creating that. And I think when they put out all, all those numbers, that's what obviously the probably the, the high end that they're projecting, what the good possibilities of it, right? But I think when they sent this out, it's it's like how they said, it's the next step. Doesn't mean it's done, but I'll tell you this. Like when my girlfriend came in here and asked like yesterday, so what does this mean? I'm like, well, it, they say it's not done, but... When you read that and see everything, it's it's heading in that direction to being a, a sure thing down the line. So that's how I'm telling it to people when they say, are the Bears really moving to Arlington Heights, which I'm in this area right now? I'm like, yes, they are. And my guy, Mark, Car Mark Carmen, probably not going to be too happy about that. Uh, and and uh, I like Nomad's comment here. Just hit me on my beeper when the stadium is there. I didn't know beeper still exists, but Nomad, if you're really <laughs> rocking the beeper, that's fantastic. Uh, right. It's it's not done, but it feels like it's done. And I'll go kicking and screaming like I've gone to every new stadium and enjoy it just like I enjoy the United Center and want Chicago Stadium back. That's never going to happen. And I when the wrecking ball hit that thing, I, I was you know, the, the tears were flowing. 
Uh, and the mayor's office, you know, is still putting out statements that when this, when the entire economics of this whole thing comes together, that it will be better to stay in Chicago. They're going to have to get super creative about that to even remotely be in the discussion here down the line. Uh, but I, I am curious, and Lawrence, maybe you can th- throw up a poll. Do does, does our CHGO listeners, diehards, the the very uh, reason that we are here today, and we, we appreciate all of you, and I love to see the comments flowing in here. Are we in favor of the Bears getting public funds to develop the structure around the stadium? Uh, yes and or no. And Lawrence, I also want your thoughts on this because you're a – good-hearted fellow i have assumed that you are going to say no but i'm but maybe maybe you're seeing the benefit of all of it and maybe the state should be contributing to building around so but i am curious where we're at on should should public funding be allowed or given to the bears because they are developing the structure that's going to benefit all of us here in numerous ways that perhaps we can't understand will are you are you in favor or not in favor I was about to play a sound effect, actually, on my end of the world's yes. small violin uh, as you were talking. <laughs> oh, good. Here. <laughs> but, uh, again, I don't think I'm in a position uh, to specify if they should use public funds or not. I'm not a, a legal expert when it comes to money, public funds, or anything of that nature. And I personally don't want to say something without being informed, so I'm not going to butt in. But the one thing I'll say is that I'm all for building this new stadium because I'm tired of the Bears having that lowest capacity for an NFL stadium. Imagine getting 15,000, 20,000 more Bears fans together on Sundays chanting, let's go Bears, getting that you know that level up. I mean, Soldier Field's fun. You can get that place rocking, but that's only 61,000 people when it's sold out. Imagine if you had 70,000 like SoFi or 80,000 like AT&T Stadium. That would be pretty badass and epic if you can bump up the amount of Bears fans that can show up to these game days. We all know it's a sought-after ticket, regardless of win or lose, uh, and some, sometimes how those seasons go. But for me, I'm not going to say how they should get that money. Feel free to find a way to get it. Be creative how you do so. Don't screw over the little man uh, would be my one advice for the Bears. I don't think they'll go that route. But, yeah, I'm not informed enough or, I guess, all into, like, law when it comes to land and development projects to really give a fair answer chris baguero with a 499 super chat carm i love you but they wouldn't buy it if they weren't building it braggs is going to build it brick by brick uh i, I chris uh, i'm with you i think they're going to build it i i i uh and now <laughs> drew black in the comments <laughs> i heard the duke will be funding it maybe he will nick you are you, you willing to get money out of your pocket for the bears to build this thing I guess it depends what we're looking at, right? I mean, obviously, this is going to be a place we're going to be working around this area, Mark. It's going to be great to be around this area. The Bears are going to be winning. Uh, it's an interesting question, but since I now living in Arlington Heights, I know, you know, I do want to purchase, you know, purchase a home out this way just because of what it could, you know, become in a few years here. You never know. I think it would add to the community that's already being developed and what the Bears, like when I went to go visit some of the other stadiums, Mark, this past season. Seeing like Dallas, which they're they're staying in Arlington, and what's built around there. You're seeing uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Minneapolis. Like those are that's kind of what you you need to do. And I I see Doug in the comments here. I moved back to Illinois from Minneapolis two years ago. And I was paying for that new Viking Stadium in my own taxes, even though I hate the Vikings. That's just how it is. 
right? That's just how it mm-hmm. is to kind of get something done like that. And obviously the Bears make a lot of money. But when they make this get this stadium, they're going to make even more money. But I think there's there's a little help that that does need to be provided to get that other the surrounding part of the stadium built. And I think that's again how Doug put it in the end. That's just how it is. Yes, but we can live in utopia here for a minute and <laughs> and 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 not and be going for cake and eat it too. You want to move out there? You want to you want to own everything? You want to develop all this land and and create ways that you're going to be getting income in 17,000 different uh you know, whatever, stores, real estate. However, they're going to create more income for themselves. Well, you know, hey, that's great, super creative. I'm sure there's lots of people that'll be super excited to contribute to all that. And you know, they, they should be putting up the, the bulk of the dollars, I would say. I'm not saying there shouldn't mm-hmm. be any whatever. There infrastructure stuff I can I guess I supposedly I can I can get with uh you know whatever. We got it. We we we're getting we're getting brand new pipes and stuff that's gonna benefit all of all, all across Arlington Heights and the water's <laughs> gonna be flowing better. Okay, I get it. I could see that. Uh and Greg Bragg's in the chat. I I voted yes because I live in Indiana. That's funny. That's funny. But I mean, I I always think it is it's a tough it's a tough putt for the little guy paying for the billionaire. But and I know I, I get that that's how this goes and that's how it's going to go. I do hope that it's it's at least not the worst deal in the history. We're still paying for Soldier Field. Um and the just and uh I I, I get that people don't necessarily want me doing a ton of reading on the pod, but the, the mayor's statement was this. Uh, this has been anticipated for some time. Nonetheless, all of us diehard Bears fans, the mayor included, know and believe that the Bears should remain in Chicago. So now that the land deal is closed, we have a better opportunity to continue making the business case as to why the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptations to Soldier Field can meet and exceed all of the bears future needs. Now she may be saying that because she's trying to get elected and it's coming up very quickly and there's, you know, politics in play here. So, uh, something to keep in mind, but I also, I, I don't think she's lying and that she would prefer the bears to stay in soldier field. Uh, most people who I think live in Chicago, at least would certainly prefer that, but all right. We've got also spelled uh, soldier wrong. I, I did. I was going to say, I saw right. that. Uh, the misspell, but I I did realize I didn't realize, and I was just kind of trying to figure out like how much like a stadium would cost like a taxpayer, and I stumbled across SoFi. And I didn't know that even though that was a five billion dollar stadium, that it was a zero dollar impact on taxpayers out there for it because it was privately funded, uh, with a bunch of other businesses like SoFi with the naming rights helping with a big chunk of change for it. So there are ways that you can tap into you know, corporation money in order to get this stuff funded too, and it could be. You know, Goose Island Stadium or Goose Island's George Hallis Stadium or however you want to kind of go about the naming of the, that place. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting for a, a sound effect since I promised one earlier, but yeah. I don't want to click the button. Well, and, and that does lead us into maybe it'll become DraftKings Chicago Bears Stadium, uh, which I don't you Anybody make a bet last night? You played the DraftKings there, Nick? Uh, you bet the Bulls again? Up by 24? Uh, no, I, I, I bet the... I did bet that the Pacers come back and win, and that was did a you? bet I actually, I actually hit on. So I'm like, yep, the Bulls are going to blow this. They always do. Oh, I, I tried that? I tried this at half. Almost got that. Wait, what did, oh, oh. You can't, you're not looking at me? Come on. Oh, wow. I was, I was looking at the read, so I missed you. You, you 
Did you bet him to win or did you take the spread? No, at halftime, I took him to win. Just figured, why not? The odds were plus were whatever right. thousand it was at the time. Put five bucks on it. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll cover my Valentine's dinner. It didn't. It was close. <laughs> Uh, that, well, you got you got good entertainment value out of that one. If nothing else, it was a great game. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, go Wildcats. And, yes, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Do it now. Use that promo code CHGO. New customers, you can bet $5 like Will just did last night on the Hoosiers at halftime. And you get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code CHGO, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes, of course, for details. After you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you got to download GameTime. It's the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Here, you guys, have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line at the Bears' new stadium, courtside behind home plate, Floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets, Blackhawks tickets, because Game Time is created by the fans for the fans and guarantees the lowest price. And if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by having by buying your tickets through the link in the description. We're looking at Bucks and Bulls. Uh, let's see. I mean, obviously good prices on game time, but I'd be going with low expectations for that one. I think the Bucks have won, what, like 11, over 10 games in a row. The Bulls are on the opposite end with losing, I don't know, is it just five or six now? There's a snowstorm. Truly, wait until game time if you're going to buy tonight. If, you, if you're if you looking to go to the last game before TNT the All-Star. TNT Bulls, baby. TNT Bulls, 20 That's straight. Right. Let's go. 6.30 tip tonight, too, so... Right around, you know, you come down, get yourself some dinner, log on. Don't even mess around. Log on to the app at about 6 o'clock and get yourself your seats. That's what I would do. And 11 straight. Thank you, Torian. Uh, the bucks are real. All right. Um, let's bring in our guy, Brad Spielberger, pro football focus, as we turn our attention to free agency and the salary cap. And nobody knows it better than Brad. And, Brad, we really appreciate you taking time. First time on the CHGO Bears podcast. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. Great to see you guys. Thank you so much for having me. So but before we get into this, any of the actual players and, and some of the minutiae of all this, how much money do the Bears have, Brad? I've seen $90 million, I've seen $148 million, I've seen $94 million. Uh, Can you – and then there's the – the actual uh, amount that they can spend. What? How did? How did I? How is that actually worded? It's the, uh, the effective cap number, which the Bears uh, on one post I saw today, ninety-four million. Their effective cap space is eighty-five million. Uh, they know they have the most money. We know that, but can you break down exactly how much dough the Bears have? Yep. So the last uh, figures you mentioned there, ninety-four million in cap space, and the effective cap space is basically us just filling your roster to 53 players or inputting your rookie pool as it stands today. Obviously the first overall pick would add a big chunk to the salary cap um, in year one. So like you said, either way, it's, it's a ton more than anybody else. It, it is not really an issue for them. Um, if they want to add a ton of players, they can, they can do that pretty easily. Brad, as a cap savant, let me ask you this. When you look at the bears and all the cap space, the draft capital, the needs, what excites you most about what Ryan Poles can do in 2023? 
Yeah, you know, I think you can truly blend this draft and the free agency to both focus on, okay, Justin Fields is going into his third year of his rookie deal. Let's say hypothetically he is going to become that, you know, big money extension player that we all hope he's going to be. You want to capitalize on this year and next year before the fifth year option. And then, of course, this hypothetical massive extension that, you know, would be the greatest, you know, uh, contract that, you know, they, they could ever sign. So, I think in free agency, I've had conversations not to get into particular players, but I don't think they're going to be afraid of 29, 30-year-old guys with the idea that those players help them the next couple of years, and then your draft class, you're building for the future and getting some teammates in fields is hopefully for the next you know, five, 10 years. Now, I saw a comment that just came up, and it's been through our mind. We've talked about in the show a few times that there's like a minimum amount that the Bears actually have to spend this year uh, with that cap. Uh, Brad, if you don't know the number, that's okay. But could you explain why there's a minimum and how that's kind of like, I don't know, like computed or however you want to phrase it. But I'm just curious, like how that kind of works. Yeah. So the, the NFL has a structure where every team over certain tranches of years, as of right now, it's 2021 to 2023, they have to spend 90% of the cumulative cap over those three years in cash. So, you know, just hypothetically, if there were three $100 million caps, they'd have to spend $270 million total over those three years. This past season, with a $208 million cap, the Bears spent about $145 million. They were dead last by a significant margin. They spent about a half as much uh, that the LA Rams did in cash this year. That's how cheap they were in clearing the book. So they also were a little bit below in 2021. So for 2023, they need to spend, on top of what they already have spent, you know, another $150 million, I think it is off the top of my head, um, which of course can come by internal extensions for Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. It's not just, you know, external free agents, but they're going to have to be one of the biggest spenders in all of free agency. I know Ryan Poles has stressed, which is smart, that you're not trying to go crazy and make these big splashes all the time. To a degree, they're going to have to make one or two big deals this offseason. So, Brad, what's the if, – if the Bears wanted to bank dough for next year, right, we're, we're, just, we're, we're, we're not exactly sure where we're at. We want to – we whatever we want to load up on the draft and we're going to try to improve that way. And and we're going to pick a wide receiver in the draft. Uh, you know, whatever we're going to give him, we're going to give Justin Fields uh, in Jimba and say, Hey, give, roll with your Ohio state guy. Um, and they just wanted to bank as much dough as possible for 2024. What's, what's the least amount. Can you have an answer on that, that they could spend this off season and try to just parlay this into one more kick the can down the road one year. I don't think they're going to do that, but I'm curious. I mean, I'm sure they're looking at all options. Yeah. So they have to get to a number of around 240, 245 million in cash spent this year to, to hit that minimum, right? Cause it's a, a three year rolling minimum that ends after this upcoming year. So they can't be super cheap again, but they could in theory, you know, only spend about an additional 120 million could get them into that range. I think I said 150, but additional 120 to get into that range. I think another smart way to go about it is they could wait to see if a couple guys, maybe Jalen Johnson, for example, you know, don't extend guys like that right away. Jace Claypool, obviously another example. And then maybe during the season, if they've seen progression, they then feel more comfortable with those guys. Maybe you then pull the trigger, but you leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room. If, if you don't think they've grown that, you know, you, you don't go ahead and make those moves. Brad, real quickly, I think David Montgomery is a, I, I, I want to say polarizing, in, in a way, for, for Bears fans, do you pay him? Do you not? 
what what would a number look like that would be fair for the Bears, fair for him, obviously being a running back and just how, how they're kind of paid nowadays. But what what's kind of like your your opinion on David Montgomery and what the Bears might do with him moving forward? Yeah, it's always good to see. So so my projection on our site, uh, you know, I do the top 100 free agents of the contracts. I had him at three years, $19.5 million. And I was happy to see that a recent article from The Athletic with Kevin Fishbane, an agent told him he thinks three years, $19 million. So I think we see that similar vein. Yeah, right around, you know, six, six and a half million dollars per year. For me, that's based off of James Conner, Leonard Fournette, the guys last offseason that got right in that range. Three years, six, seven million per year. Look, I think he's a good player. I think he is a three-down player, can pass protect, can catch passes, but he's just not very explosive, and I don't think can can take the top off um, and have those big, you know, 80-yard touchdown runs. You're just not really going to see that from him. So I think he's that middle tier. Um, and, and, look, I don't know if Chicago is willing to go there, um, but that's not, you know, going to break the bank by any means. Now, obviously, it's not just signing guys. The Bears may actually create more space by cutting some players with some bigger cap hits heading this season. Uh, I know a bigger name I see floated around a lot is Cody White here, just due to him not playing up to the contract that he's currently on. And I know the Bears can save a pretty penny uh, by doing so. Uh, but when I was looking at your PFF articles about surprise cuts or just players that could be cut, I was actually pretty surprised to see the Bears player that you had listed. Yeah, so I, I hear you 110%, and I do think I kind of alluded to it. Look, in a vacuum, no team is ever going to say, hey, we need to spend money, so we're going to let a player that is not playing up to the level of his contract just stick around. And I don't think Cody Whitehair has been remotely good enough. I think you could probably argue, you know, guys like al Muhammad, guys like Lucas Patrick also probably aren't playing up to the level of their current contracts. I kind of just kept it there because – they, they need help at offensive line. I think they could convince themselves, Cody Whitehair, maybe with getting healthy another year in this system, and then Lucas Patrick, obviously, getting healthy from all his various ailments, maybe finally getting stuck at center and not moving around seemingly every week. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of those guys gets let go. I think it was more just, you know, why would we cut offensive linemen? Um, you know, might, might be a question to ask themselves. And for the record, free agency officially begins, if my math is correct, in 27 days. Correct, Brad? March 15th, but we'll see deals the 13th because of that legal tampering window uh, that we always get. All right. Make a prediction, Brad. You're, you got, I look at your you know, your top 100. You've got Javon Hargrave uh, at number three overall, but you don't have him getting the biggest contract. You've got him at three years and $55 million. Uh, which is less than some of the guys that you have ranked below them, which I find very interesting. Uh, I would think that would be interesting to the Bears. It's certainly a position of need. If you had to guess at one guy who the Bears will sign, who are you taking? Hargrave is a good answer, um, but I'll go with Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. If I had to just pick one splashy name, he's a right tackle in a wide zone system, I, 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 and I do think – he is going to reach free agency. I don't think they're going to tag him. I don't think they're going to find a multi-year deal for him, um, which, you know, you're probably alluding to Deron Payne. As much as I'd love for Deron Payne to be a bear, I think he is going to get franchise tagged in Washington. Oh, that's disappointing to hear. I like Deron Payne, but that, that's all right. If it happens, it happens. Uh, I asked some of the commenters who are watching right now, Brad, to, to just ask some questions. And I want to read off this one from Grow Delicious. Interesting name. Uh, he said, I want to know how the best teams are composed under the cap. It seems like most of them, are, have four to five taking up the majority of the cap. People see the Bears cap and think we we get in three to four elite level guys. You know, I think it varies team to team. I mean, for example, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. They they don't really have these massive deals. They have about seven or eight like mid tier guys. You know, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. 
you know, J Jordan Mailata all in the 14 to 16 million per year range. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, everything kind of funnels down from quarterback. I, I know it's maybe an oversimplification, but if you have a quarterback making $49, $50 million, everything else kind of trickles down from there. Um, I, I think that, look, the top-heavy approach, if you are the L.A. Rams or whatever team you want to throw in there, can work to a degree. I think the more sustainable approach over the long haul is you get your best internal players signed to early extensions as soon as you can, and you're going to get discounts on those deals. I mentioned the Eagles. Jordan Malata making $16 million a year is insane. He's worth over 20. You know, Josh Sweat making $14 million a year is also insane. So um, I personally think you want to get like eight to 10, you know, highly paid players. Although again, of course, quarterback, you know, kind of complicates that entire equation. I like this question in the comments from Reese too. Uh, just wanting to hear about like Keenan Allen and maybe if there are any other wide receiver potential cap casualties that you can foresee right now. Yeah, so Allen, I think, does make sense. Uh, I guess not a cap casualty, but I would be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins is not traded by, like, the end of March. Uh, I don't think he's going to be an Arizona Cardinal much longer, so another name there. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> um, there's not a ton of great cap casualty names this year, but I do think – I know people are going to love this. Uh, it's probably not going to happen in March, but I, I think T. Higgins um, eventually is going to become a player that teams are going to start making calls on, and Cincinnati is eventually, if they can't find a common ground – going to be starting answering those phone calls again not right away but i think it is going to happen eventually so yeah unfortunately the free agent market and the cap casualty market don't look super strong um but you know the, the him maybe brand like you can san francisco if they don't want to pay another player um eventually th those phone calls are going to get answered hey hey brad are you a justin fields fan big time okay so just making sure we're all on the same page here so you would say that it's a fair assessment that he'll make the same leap from year one, uh, year two to three that he did from year one to two? I would certainly hope so. And I, and I really do think it's it's reasonable to predict that you get, I mean, the circumstances were the worst in the NFL. I know I saw a comment uh, about our, our offensive line grading. Look, if you do true pass sets, not to get too in the weeds here, but if you do true pass sets, which takes away screen plays, play action, stuff like that, they were dead last for us in pass protection grades. So, you know, I know it's tough. We can't put out every single metric. And look, I'm not saying, you know, you can make fun of PFF all you want, but but like they're not good. We know they're not good. Um, I think if you help him out, get him some healthy ca pass catchers and a better offensive line, he should take a, a quantum leap next year. Okay. Quantum. So okay, mm -hmm. I like it. And and when Colin Cowherd is saying that the Bears are there, he's he's his protection is not bad. They're 14th. You're you're sitting there in in Brad Spielberger land saying, "What the hell are you talking about, Colin?" Unfortunately, it's hard to put out every single thing that we do. But no, yeah, I, I, on actual dropbacks where he's, you know, it, it's not like I say, you know, little pass plays getting the ball out quickly, which we saw from Luke Getzey. I mean, that's kind of their offense, right? When you truly break it down, of it's a standard dropback. And they have to hold up and pass protect for over two, over two seconds. They were dead last in the NFL for us this year. So yeah, I respectfully disagree with Colin Cowherd. You're right. And the, my, my, the long way around here, my point is that if if Fields makes the same jump, what do you what type of dough do you think he's getting next year? I mean, look, you're going to get Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, maybe all these dudes getting these massive, massive contracts. If he does make that leap, let's say even just like Jalen Hurts year three, right? Year two to year three, Jalen Hurts. I mean, it's going to be over $50 million a year. Like I said, though, again, I would, that'd be a great problem to have. I would be, I would love it. They can, they can all throw money in a GoFundMe and I, I'm all in on that. <laughs> that could have been how we did the stadium funding earlier. Carl. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Brad, real quickly, uh, Kind of uh, shifting over to one of his, his teammates, one of the reliable players on offense, Cole Komet, 
he's you know obviously due for an extension and what is he worth like obviously he had a good season last year especially the touchdown production but in your eyes what is it what's a Cole Komet worth in terms of an extension yeah, look, I know Bears fans are going to balk at this. I put a tweet out, I think, in like November, December, saying he was going to get at least $12 million a year, uh, and everyone was like, what the heck are you talking about? So the tight end, and he's going to get more than that, the tight end market is, is very strange to where, like, there's been this cap on the, at the top. George Kittle signed for $15 million a year in around 2020. Darren Waller technically surpassed it this offseason, but not really. Um, and, and basically, everyone has come in below that. Travis Kelsey also. It's kind of just like Gronk back in the day. You can't argue that you're worth more than these top tight ends. So that being said, like David Njoku getting above $13 million a year. Dawson Knox getting $13 million a year. Cole Komet is not noticeably worse than Dawson Knox. Like, he isn't. And, and I think at a position that takes a lot of time to grow, he's still very young. Uh, look, I, I don't think he's ever going to become a guy that's going to be separating its man coverage or, or winning, you know, on, on downfield routes. But he is an above-average blocker at the position, and he can catch the ball close to the line of scrimmage and, you know, get some yards after the catch, show some, some red zone prowess this year. So, anyway – Long answer short, I think it's going to be a four or five year deal around $13.5 million a year. Okay. Going back to just like the cap in general, and I know Carm was asking about like how far the Bears could maybe kick that can down the road again. But what about like spending money now, but like moving it or just being like flexible with it? Like how could the Bears still make, you know, some addition, some signings this year and be flexible? And how should they be wary of that with? Fields' upcoming potential contract situation because I remember a former Bears GM, also named Ryan, last name started with a P, who loved to backload contracts, and I think that's why Poles had to like do what he did last offseason just due to all of that money just that kept getting pushed and pushed. So how should the Bears kind of approach this newfound sense of financial freedom? Yeah, so Carm, if I understood, misunderstood you before, I apologize. So I, it's a great question. I think what they can do is, to a degree, you don't go crazy, but is to front load deals this offseason. So we're talking about cash now, or cap now, excuse me. And if you're trying to save some of that cap, and like you said, not be R1P1, that's what I call them, R2P2 and R1P1, and, and push all this cap into the future, um, you can do, for example, what San Francisco did with Jimmy Garoppolo, which was they put a massive roster bonus in the first year of his deal when he first got there. So instead of a big signing bonus that gets spread out over the full contract, you pay a lot of it from a cash and cap standpoint right up front. I, I do think they are going to do that to a degree. They're not going to go crazy with it, but I do think that is going to be what you're going to see is some of these deals are going to be the, the cap hits are going to be larger in year one. Um, here's another example, too. The Jets did it with Corey Davis and Carl Lawson because they had a ton of cap space when they started adding these guys. If they want to cut either of those players this offseason, the dead money is six figures. It's less than a million dollars because they didn't give these massive signing bonuses um, or, you know, and then restructure over and over again like Pace did. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said his name. But, yeah, so anyway, that, that's that's what I think they do there uh, to save themselves long term. And. Just in general philosophy, paying up front early is way smarter if you can do it. Uh, it gives you more flexibility on the back end, which is what you want. Uh, the Bears are in the position if they want to do that. I hope they do. Um, and by the way, I'd like to throw out an option here that should be available that I guess is illegal, but I think it should be made legal. To your point about keeping flexibility here, if this makes sense, Will, why can't the Bears all of a sudden at the back end of year three when Fields is crushing it, why can't they just give him a huge bonus right there? Uh, hey, thanks so much for everything you did this year, Justin, and let's apply that to his next contract. Like, Let's eat up all the money that's that's left over. We should be able to do that, Brad. 
That'd be lovely. You can do it to a degree. So, you know, for, for Mooney and Komet this offseason, for example, like you're going to store some of that signing bonus money in the fourth year of their rookie contract. It's not all going to apply to the, you know, the, the new years. But, yeah, that'd be nice with Fields if you could just give him a big old chunk of money uh, before he's even eligible, just, just to make things even easier uh, to build around him. That'd be nice if things can work out, you know, <laughs> how we hypothetically think they can work. Yeah. Real quickly, Brad, I have one more uh, question from our commenters here. It's from Doug. He asked, do you think the Bears can improve their O-line and free agency more than in the draft? I don't know how much you've gotten into the draft right now, but got to say I'm on the side of drafting a whole new O-line except for Jenkins and Jones. I think there are some decent options. So I mentioned McGlinchey at right tackle. I'm not as big on Caleb McGarry as other people, but I think he's a solid right tackle that, again, fits the system. For me, a center I love is Ethan Pochich with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I don't think he's going to break the bank. I think some people think he's going to get more than – I. you know, I think he's going to get $7, 8000000 million a year, um, which at center I think is fine, kind of in that second tier of players. The guards, I think, are a lot of more guys that fit in gap schemes. I'm not sure that – not the greatest, like, athletes. You could go after Isaac Sumalo from the Eagles – I think he's probably going to get the biggest deal of any guard. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you can get a starting center and a starting right tackle on, like, three, four-year deals, then you can, you know, mess around in the draft. I will say I'll, I'll pour cold water. I've been pissing off a lot of people. But the Bears using a top two-round pick on an interior offensive lineman with the state of their current roster is just not a good use of resources. Like, when you're picking this high and you're trying to fit – you have the worst defensive line in the NFL – you have the wor- one of the worst. Like you need to be spending these premium picks on premium positions. Uh, you know this early in the draft. Completely agree. Uh, Will you got one here? Or, I, or I'm going to jump into my Bobby Okuriki. Hey, I just did a video on him this week that is going to be published here soon. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear in Brad's words why he believes, if he believes, the Chicago Bears are an attractive free agent destination this offseason. It's a great question. I, I really think they are. Um, I mean, first and foremost, cat, cash rules everything around us, you know, yep. uh, so that, that helps. But no, I mean, look, it, it, Chicago is an attractive destination. It's a major city. They, I think, are clearly making efforts to be more, you know, player friendly, more from both from the perspective of just like sports science and, and, and the facilities for their players. But also, I think it is meaningful that McCaskey is trying to create new initiatives like, you know, supporting black players and doing things that actually the players actually care about. Um, I, don't, I don't think those things go unnoticed. So, um, yeah, for me it is. And, and getting to play with Justin Fields, it always matters too. But other players around the league are saying, um, these guys think Justin Fields is a superstar, right? I, I mean, it's going to attract players to come here. So, yeah, long answer short, I, I do think it is a place that players want to come to. All right. Uh, Bobby Okuriki. That's how he said his own name. So I think I have it right. And I see people in the chat saying that I'm saying it wrong. I don't know if our, our guy Jimmy is, is joking or not. We need to help everywhere, and I know the Bears don't want to pay for linebackers, Brad, but I like this guy. He's young. He's got an interesting pedigree. He's gotten better every year he's in the league. Do you think he could be a good value buy? 110%. I think he's a player they should be calling the first day of free agency. I mean, I think he is going to be in that second tier. Look, I I was against giving Roquan Smith $20 million a year. I'm not against paying to get a solid player at that position, or maybe even a couple, for for the mid-tier deal. I I think he's going to get around $8, $9 million a year. And I think the connection to Matt Eberflus matters a lot, not just from the standpoint of, you know, he knows the system and all that, but they clearly care a lot about the, the culture and, and the players they have in the building. Um, and all, by all accounts, he fits that mold 110%. Eberflus loves him um, and, and vice versa. So I, I think he's a guy, like, if I had to, again, make a prediction, like, I think he's a future bear in about a month here. Brad, real quickly, you uh, you 
tweet about Aaron Rodgers earlier today, and obviously the, the quarterback dominoes, however they fall, will affect the Bears in some way in terms of when teams are going to move up, how they're going to move up. What's the situation with Aaron Rodgers? Can he be traded before June 1st? What's kind of the deal there? Yeah, so he can. And I know, you know, his contract is extremely complicated. Um, he can be traded. And realistically, even ignoring the cap thing for the Packers, if you're another team, you're not going to bring in a quarterback that's going to be owed $60 million next year. Like, basically what happens is each team gets a cash budget from their owner, probably in February, early March. And they say, all right, here's how much you have to spend this year. They want to know before free agency. All right, if you're a team that's interested in Rodgers, are you just going to sit there and, like, not sign guys because you don't know if you have to pay him? So, so yeah. So, I, I think he's going to be – this is just a guess. But I think he's going to be a Las Vegas Raider um, within a month. Um, is my guess. Yeah, they're not going to wait till June 2nd because the other teams aren't going to wait, not not because the Packers caps the situation. Brad, phenomenal stuff. Uh, You're always on top of it, and we really appreciate you making time. Before you go, I, I think everybody has to weigh in on – I love these looks from Will where he doesn't know where I'm going to go. Uh, before you go, I want to know, is there – what percentage of you thinks that the Bears would be right – to uh, considering the number that you just threw out if Justin Fields has a great year of 50 million and everybody be happy to pay him if he did. But how much would you be entertaining what Fields is actually worth and looking at the quarterbacks that are coming out? So for next year, you mean not this year? I'm saying you're going to make a tr- you're going you are going to draft Bryce Young because if people are calling him Mini Mahomes and you're going to make the best possible deal you can make with Fields and add on to all the draft capital and build your team that way. So, look, I love Bryce Young. I really, really do. Um, but I would stick with Fields. I, I would not trade him at this point. I think you try to trade down from one um, and, and add around him. I will say this. Again, I also love Justin Fields. I think it's a different conversation if it's Caleb Williams and Drake May. Um, but I still probably, um, I don't know. Yeah. To answer your question, Bryce Young, love the guy. I want Justin Fields under center in 2023. All right. I, I don't think there's going to be any pushback on the show from that take. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even as tall as Mina Kimes. We all saw the picture. It's all accurate. Hey, hey we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, in, in a second, but there, there was good news, I think, on the Bears draft front uh, yesterday. Brad, great stuff. Thanks so much. We'll look forward to having you on again. Thank you, guys. Sounds good. Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. All right, Will's got to tell you something, and then I want to talk about this, what I'm considering good news, because – I think I think it is actually a, a nice little development yesterday. So just stand by. Take it away. Yeah, that's what the looks were for. I was communicating with Nick uh, with my facial expressions because I was like checking the ad reads. I'm like, we already did this one. What do you want me to say? So I that's have me. to talk that's about job. FOCO and Chicago. You've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. So get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merchant collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze or the sleet that you're all dealing with here today too. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below or Scan this fancy QR code on our screen. You can screenshot it, too, if you have an iPhone. Hold your thumb on it, and it'll also take you there, by the way. So that gets you uh, 10% off on all non-presale items. Use that promo code CHGO. All right, so I don't want to overstate what's going on, but and everybody's got to create content, as we clearly have to do here and love doing. Uh, but there is a lot of conversation going on, as you would imagine, 
about uh, the quarterbacks that are out there. And Todd McShay, who is has a prominent position out there, and he's sitting there, and, and, and he's not the only one, that seems to be doing exactly what the Bears want people to do, which is fall in love with a quarterback. Bryce Young all of a sudden has become mini Mahomes. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it matters, uh, but I but it's definitely a positive development. The more mini Mahomes we hear, the better uh, as far as the Bears are concerned. Let's just get that out there. Let's let's literally have everybody calling him mini Mahomes and wonder about his durability. Sure, he's 5'10", he's under 200 pounds, w- will he last? But when you talk about it, you don't want somebody to rise up here, elite talent, you got to have him. Mini Mahomes works for me. Let's go. So I, I thought I, I don't know how you guys were seeing it. If that if that kind of you know raised your eyebrows a little bit, like oh sweet that this name is out there. But I I love seeing it. Yeah, the more positive things about all these quarterbacks, the better. Will Levis is the next Josh Allen. You heard it right here on the CHO Bears podcast. Go get him, GM. Go get him. Fall in love with your Mitch Trubisky and give up. You know, heaven and earth to go get him. Right. So like the bears did back in 2017. So it does work in the bears favor. If you know, especially the draft is going to escalate these conversations even more, Mark, when you see Will Levis in shorts and a t-shirt throwing 60 yard bombs on a dime, it's like one GM is going to just envision, Hey, he could do this for my, you know, franchise. That's exactly what the bears I think are hoping happens so that you can leverage that position. The number one overall pick, a little bit more. And you also, I, I know you guys have probably seen Jim Irsay on Twitter too. He said, mm-hmm. what, the Bears connection goes back like 60 years and tweets a picture of, uh, you know, the Bear there. So, you know, it's all a game. Like everyone's trying to make you think they're thinking of one guy and it could be exact opposite, but more positivity and glowing remarks about these quarterbacks are better. I don't think I have to even add anything to that. It just makes sense from a, from a, any standpoint you look at it. If, a player stock goes up. He was coveted to be like the top quarterback, the most important position in all of football, uh, a position that you're going to have a handful of teams wanting to find that long-term answer to, and they have a chance to go get them. Obviously the asking price can go up. It's all about supply and demand. And if the quality of the products even higher than maybe once perceived, then you can get a, a little bit more back too. So yeah, you're right. It's a positive development. It's only February 16th. We still got a long way to go, but I feel like after combine and after pro days that's when quarterback stocks tend to rise even more so i remember week quarterback classes like oh there shouldn't be a single quarterback taken in the first round and then there goes two or or three so you just never know how it's all going to shake out but the more people talk up these guys the better for the bears and that was trade down efforts to get more return uh, on that pick yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously obviously stating the obvious here that all right, great, but I but it did catch me off guard yesterday. Mini Mahomes, huh? All right, sweet. And then it actually makes me want to watch more Bryce Young tape. Is he Mini Mahomes? Because if he is, well, that would be interesting. Uh, Five dollar super chat from Jimmy Tony. My prediction: GM and quote draft experts will be drooling over Richardson and Levis mm-hmm. during the combine pro days, which is exactly what you guys just were talking about. Uh, yeah, and guys, too, real quickly, wouldn't it make sense from the Bears' vantage point where they didn't publicly state, like, we're we're committed to Justin Fields, right? Doesn't that just keep everyone else guessing in terms of like, oh, wait, will, will the, are the Bears actually considering, you know, training, going to get a quarterback? Again, like, obviously we all know now that Ryan Poles texted 
Justin Fields saying, we'll keep you in the loop or something along those lines. But it makes sense from the Bears' perspective to keep things open, maybe even though internally they know that Fields is their guy. If, if it's internal and they're having open and honest communication and it's not allowing any fear to creep into Fields' mind about where he may go or if he's saying – like, I don't want to turn Fields' mindset about his relationship with this football team, how Tevin Jenkins has looked at his relationship about sure. with this football team. If that can be avoided and they can, like, behind closed doors say, this is all for leverage, we're just doing this to better build around you, and he believes them firmly and they actually mean it, Say what you want. I don't care. You're going to get anything. You know, you can get a haul back uh, and kind of keep people guessing. And it's early, so you can kind of do some of the smoke and mirrors. But as long as internally things are 100% like fine and we're not going to start getting that Tevin Jenkins approach to like that relationship with the team, like I mentioned, then I'm fine with it. Uh, and again, like they can tell us whatever they want. Uh, but I believe they're firmly, you know, in Justin's corner and want to build this team around them. So, and this is a podcast, not a courtroom. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. This is just some, this is a rumor. This is don't make me grab my gavel. Well, (laughs) I I think this might bother a couple people, but like what I have heard from behind the scenes, not confirmed. I don't have this uh, on first accord or even second accord. There are some in the building that are sold on fields and there's some that are not some, some, you know, some look at him like, this is the dude. I don't need to see anymore. And and others are like, yeah, you know, I'm not exactly sure. So those, I, I, which makes sense to me. Like I, I'm sure there's conversations going on in that building. Like, you know, yes, but, and then, and then there's others are going yes. And which also is taking me back again to Howie Roseman and what they, what the Eagles did for Jalen hurts. We don't really know. And I don't think logically the bears can officially know, but you're not going to know unless you give him more weapons around him to really truly find out. And that's so how aggressive are they going to be to do that? Uh, $1.99 super chat from Cornelius Pryor. Will Justin Jones be a starter next year as we flip back over to the defense? Best guesses, guys? I think he does, but it won't be the starting three tech. I think they may like shift him to like a one if you do find that true three. And with the Bears, when you watch them, like you say three tech, but they, they flip so much up front and bounce out. Like I, I think he will be a starter in quotes on the depth chart and he'll have plenty of experience or I guess rotation time within this defensive line next year. It's too much to overhaul in one off season with all the other holes on, on this roster. And he was fine. Uh, you just have to find better talent to surround him, And I would expect him to do so, uh, but he should still be getting starter snaps. He was playing defensive end at times too last right. season. They're kind of moving him around. And if if the Eagles have taught us anything too, you can never have enough good defensive linemen or depth at least. And if Justin Jones gets pushed down a notch because they go upgrade like Will was just talking about, that's a good situation to be in for, for the Bears and just wanting to revamp and to actually have a consistent pass rush in 2023. Cornelius, we appreciate the super chat. Uh, my look at it is he was brought in here because he was a versatile dude. And just like Will saying uh, and Nick that look, they, they got a lot of needs. There's there's probably going to be a spot for Justin Jones to start on that defensive line somewhere. Uh, Joe Calcagno, four ninety nine. On part of my take, Fields was gushing about Jackson and Smith in Jigma. We talked about this. Do you think they make a move to get him to please Justin Fields? They need wide receivers, Joe. He's supposed to be a late first round pick. The Bears don't. You know the way this would fall is that they would have to make a trade, get into the low second round. He'd have to be there. 
That's how I would see it. What, what do you all think? Yeah, I was listening yeah. to that the podcast earlier today. And he, yeah, he was. He, he they were kind of pushing him. Can you give us one player, one player that you would you'd want to go get? And that was the guy. He mentioned his route running, his ability to go up and get the ball, and obviously having uh, being the Ohio State guy. So it probably would be a, a trade back scenario. You get high, low in the first round, high in the second round if you have that pick. But it helps the Bears, and they they need to be looking at all options when it comes to adding adding playmakers around Justin Fields because if he's going to take a Jalen Hurts jump, he needs to have guys to throw to and to kind of push, you know, everyone else down a notch so that he can be, you know, one of the top guys too. But yeah, they need to look at all these options. Yeah, they're not going to draft them at four. Uh, if they trade back there, they're going to like, you will have to find a way to get additional picks late first, early second, you know, Hey, that Chase Claypool pick, Carmen, I'm sure you wouldn't mind pointing that out, like would be sitting there right at number 32 right now. Like that would make a, a lot of sense. But will they make a push? If it's not for him, it's going to be for another receiver in this draft. Or there will be another one that they like with where those picks align and, and they will be drafting a receiver. Um, but you know, Jackson is a really interesting talent. I know Nick and I are doing a lot of homework on some of these prospects for a video series right now. And I was watching a lot of him this week and you get excited to thinking about the potential pairing. It's just a matter of, can they find the right draft pick in the right spot where he's there and you're not reaching to get it done. When you guys are doing your work, has anyone jumped out at you that you're super excited about that you perhaps could lean into right now that you wouldn't, wouldn't uh, ruin a future show. Are we saying at four or just anywhere in this draft right now? I, 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 however you want to play it, you could give me a late round guy that you love, or you want to go somebody at the top. I, I don't, I really don't. Just give, get me excited about someone, Nick. Yeah. Okay. So, else. yeah, one guy that I mean, I saw in person, and it's not necessarily a position of need per se, but Luke Musgrave, the tight end a guy, showed out at the Senior Bowl, and it's it not. Look, you're adding to a position that you think you have solidified in Cole Komet, but that's a playmaker. He runs like a wide receiver, even though he has a six foot five, 250 pound tight end, but you know, just a guy that I, I like as a prospect. Is it the perfect position for the bears? Probably not, not where he's slated to get drafted, but yeah, a guy that does pop on film and you know, it would be, it would be, it's, it, he's going to have a good NFL career. I think for me, the guy that, the more I look into, the more I like is Miles Murphy. Uh, and again, mm. I don't know about the Bears specifically. Would he be worth a top five pick? I don't know. But when you're looking at all the edge rushers right now in this class, he is someone that I look at as like a, a true fit. Uh, I think he has like the complete profile of strength, athleticism. He's only 20 years old. So you're getting a lot of, uh, you know, someone who's very young who can still grow. And some of these other guys are like those tweeners or they're that stand-up guy, and how would they really translate to a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end? That gets me a little concerned, but with Murphy, like I, I don't have concerns like that. He just kind of pops out to me as someone that will be a very good pro uh, in this league and a, a game-changer, and, and I like him a lot. Dude stepped in as a freshman at Clemson, was immediately mm -hmm. impactful. That's, that's, uh, seems, that's all get excited. Uh, you guys are back tomorrow. And I, I and anything you want to promote for tomorrow's show? I know you've been working, as you just said, a, a ton on the on the draft here. I don't think we have anything settled yet, but knowing Nick and I, it doesn't take long to have a, a badass show prepared and outlined for everyone. So definitely don't miss Friday's show here of uh, the CHGO Bears podcast. I have some ideas I'm going to run by Nick, but we've definitely been 
uh, you know, nose to the grindstone uh, of these 20 uh, collegiate guys, uh, prospects uh, that we've been doing our homework on. And I'm sure we'll tap into a little bit of that too come tomorrow and maybe some free agency talk on top of it. Yeah. And Will, why don't you underline why people should become a diehard and read everything that you're putting out there? Oh, cooking it up and putting it down. Yep. Yeah, see, I see what you did. This is payback for Monday. Well, there's a, a, a ton <laughs> of great reasons why you should become a diehard. Uh, first of all, my favorite, 20% off all the merch all the time, even when we're running sales, 20% off all of our events. That's tailgates. Those are takeovers. You get to come into our uh, happy hours, which is when we all hop on Zoom with our diehards. We grab some drinks. We tell some stories, have a great time. Uh, and just so much more. I know those official like diehard merch, uh, people love those too. And I love our Discord, our CHGO Lounge. This is like a, an app where you go into different rooms, like a Bears room per se. You can talk Bears football with a lot of like-minded, passionate Bears fans. And of course, all of us are in there too. So it's a great way to talk with us, talk with other Bears fans, and just continue to get you know, our community growing a little bit more tight-knit. Uh, so head over to allcchgo.com slash diehard to give you all the details those are some of my favorite reasons to join but there's a lot more at allchgo.com slash diehard go ahead nick your best reason right now to become a diehard before you go i'm a diehard moriano fan let's go yeah i mean you see the consistent <laughs> podcast right don't you want to become more a part of that being a part of the chgo community the diehard community we have a little slack or we have a little channel in the discord where you can hang out with us we can we, it doesn't even have to be bears football like right we can talk about anything and that's yeah. what that's what's cool about our community is like we want to get to know you and hopefully you get to know us in the process so there, there's so many great perks and i can't do a better job than what will has done earlier but there again look into it and this is draft season there's going to be a lot of content out there a lot of competition but why not come here support the people that you've been following for years now and it would just be a great investment for you and also mark just one more thing for you go watch the last of us you have tomorrow you're not on the show go watch the last of us and get caught up with everything it's amazing don't give up on it i was thinking about your comment what yesterday I'm like damn it mark they rubbed me the wrong way go watch the last of us really walking yes. dead part two show it's not, it's not the walking dead will have you watched it no, because I have to play the game first. Because I own the He's game. I've never opened the game. I need to play, to play the game. game. I've never never played the game, and it's a great show. I actually want to play it. I don't want the game to be ruined. I don't want to Who feel like I'm just doing a walkthrough of what I watched. Game. Big deal. Then don't play the game. Sell the game. You get five bucks for it? I've had it for like seven years. You're saying great show, Benedetto. Yes, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, it's an HBO show. You think they make bad shows? No. True. Yes. Ooh, watch some Barry Wire at it. Yeah, exactly. Watch The Wire again. Why not? Well, never watch The Wire. That's that's got to be added to the list. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I believe me. I get it. Massive, massive loaf. I, I just couldn't. I, I, every time I've tried, I haven't been able to get into it. I got to give myself more leeway. Uh, and you know, we got, we got, we got free agency. We got, we got. True. We got a lot going on over here, but okay. The last of us, I, I'm in, uh, I'll, I'll report back next week. And by the way, Bragg's saying that if you become a diehard, he's going to do a rise and shine video for you. That's huge. Uh, for me, it's of, co <laughs> of course the, the connection that we've had with everybody that, uh, that we get on the, on the personal touch. It's just been awesome. So, Hey, thanks to our guy, Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. Great to be with you guys today. Appreciate you. Let me hang out. Uh, everyone in the, in the chat, appreciate you as always have a great rest of your Thursday. And don't forget, 
uh, the Bears are going to end up back at Soldier Field in a brand new Soldier Field in 2029. Just just for when your head hits the pillow tonight, don't even worry about it. It's hard. It's hard tonight's thing. <laughs> Lies. It's, it's, it's total BS. Oh, we'll, we'll see you tomorrow.